cannot die. They always return. Vampires, uh, undead, and so on. Vampires, zombies, they cannot die. They always return. Mamma mia! Did you notice how zombies, as the model of undead people, are always proletarian? Here we go! All horrors are vanguard. Let's let's do it. Um, we are recording. Hello, everyone. Yes. Yes, we are yes today. We are the band Yes Incarnate in the Flesh. We are recording. And uh, today, uh, uh, well, I guess, I guess introductions, introductions first. Uh, you, might, you might know me at this point, maybe, or this could be your very first episode, in which case my name is Ash, one of the co-ghosts of the show, joined as always by... It's, uh, it's John. How, how are we all doing? I am very excited. And I know, I know I've made this joke like 30 times, so it's lost all potency, but today we're doing something completely different. <laughs> uh, we, are, we are discussing uh, the successor media to movies. Um, imagine, if you will, uh, I know a lot of you probably haven't heard of these video games, uh, but imagine if you had a movie and you could control the protagonist. Just, just S- sounds fake for a second. S- sounds fake, but okay. And uh, we've we've called in some experts in the field to uh, help us discuss this new phenomena in home entertainment. Uh, Kay and Kyle from the wonderful podcast, All Gamers Are Bastards. Anger, sexual lust, the sorts of things that you experience when you're playing a video game. All these concepts originated with Karl Marx. How are you both doing? All right, Every, everyone, put your hands in the air. This is <laughs> this is a stick up. This is a, we. This oh, is we've our, been had. We are. It's co- a we podcast are, raid. We are <laughs> commandeering. Gotcha. We are commandeering this. Yes, you've been tricked. We are commandeering this podcast, and this podcast is now. Uh, this is now a gab. Uh, it's a gamer podcast now, is what it is. Yeah, the a, a gamer and juggalo podcast. Can I get a whoop whoop? Yes, yes. Also, oh, it was always a juggalo podcast. Well, that's true. <laughs> this will be. I think this will be a smooth transition for everyone. Then. That is true. That was our. That was our leg in. Um, in in order for the in, in order for the gamer contagion to properly spread across various you know blood types, uh, they need to first possess the juggalo gene, um, and so. Uh, yeah, I I, I want to uh, I I want to as my fir- my first law as the uh, 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 co-commissar of the new uh, uh, all horrors are are all horrors are vanguard um, <laughs> is to declare the supremacy of video games forever. Um, and my second uh, my second edict is to. Um, uh, declare the supremacy of uh, uh, proletarian friendship, and uh, the, uh, the the uh, the 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 labor the labor power the 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 magic of labor power, which, as we know, because of horror vanguard, is just. Um, it's just magic is actually just ghosts and spooks and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. Um, no, I'm a, a as the as the resident rambler for not just all gamers or bastards, but also horror vanguard. Um, I am. I couldn't be more pleased to be on, like, the the best podcast about culture. Um, <laughs> full full stop. Okay. Well, speaking. Speaking of the best podcast about culture, if you would like to catch part one of this conversation, you can check out uh, our, our partner episode on All Gamers Are Bastards with the uh, smarter and funnier Kay and Kyle. Listen, uh, oh, I I'm, got not you gonna, there. I'm not going to engage in this like compliment competition. I'm still doing the stick up. Put your wallets in the fucking bag. Watches, yeah. earrings, <laughs> rings. <laughs> but, your various antiquities and valuables. 
at the at the at the top of the show at the top of the show would you mind um just uh both of you just just kind of uh introducing yourselves maybe maybe let people know who you are where they can find what you do and the most important thing that we ask all of our guests to do on hv is to tell people how they can give you money okay i'll I'll let you do the all right. Yeah. Hey, I'm Kay. I'm a uh, I'm a, a, a YouTuber, podcaster, sort of cretin. Um, I I like to do a cheeky little Marxist analysis from time to time. You can check out my YouTube videos uh, on the YouTube at KN Skittles. You can follow me on Twitter at KN Skittles. And if you want to give me money so that uh, I can, uh, by the way, Skittles is my little ferret, so I can get her treats. <laughs> and mm-hmm. outfits and sometimes i just i just get a bunch of like bills and i just like let her sleep on them because she needs that um you can give me money on patreon uh it's also k and skittles on there i couldn't what find about my, you kyle i couldn't find the mouse cursor to unmute this <laughs> 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 is lost i'm like what is happening um uh yes i am uh uh, the um, uh, bespectacled uh, uh, labor Kyle on the internet. Um, I have terrible vision, and I also make YouTubes occasionally. Um, I'm labor Kyle on everything, uh, and I write um, some things for some people in magazines and other academic places. Um, uh, if you're, uh, if you would like to listen to me. Uh, do all of this, you know, slow, rambly stuff uh, on a different episode of Horror Vanguard. You can go uh, relive um, uh, 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 Ash and John, plug, plug your ears. You can go relive the, 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 really, to be honest, the highlight of 2020 when it comes to content creation for me because it was just really a funny and fun conversation about something that I have been clamoring to talk about since maybe I was like 17 years old and, you know, no one ever wanted to, <laughs> no one ever wanted to talk about the, like, the sort of, tran- the, the, the transitions and the theories of Michel Foucault within the context of the, the Lindsay Lohan canon um, until I met uh, these boys. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you can find me on that. You can give me money on Patreon if you'd like. It's Labor Kyle as well. Um, and uh, yeah, check out Agab if you like. If you like video games, uh, then well, if you're a gamer, then you know that it's mandatory listening. And if you haven't been listening, well, you're uh, like pack your shit. You're going to jail. Um, Prison. The, mandatory mandatory <laughs> incarceration. Um, uh, with something very common, on, if that's your thing, uh, listen to ACAB. We also talk about stocks. We also talk about the Wu-Tang Clan. Um, yeah, and... Sorry to interrupt. To be clear, we are a financial advice podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Everything yeah. we say is financial advice. Mm-hmm. All right? Yeah, legally you can take actionable. That to court. <laughs> financial advice <laughs> as the uh we are we are the primary financial players for mario and luigi um sorry the, the, the we are the primary financial planners for mario and luigi and yeah. we trade uh, yoshi coin yeah mm-hmm. yeah we trade we trade yoshi yoshi coin in the uh mushroom kingdom stock exchange which is just like three three go- three goombas like like <laughs> like just just like hanging out sounds a lot like wall street hey oh yeah hey. look at the look at these Same. goombas over here <laughs> on ah, these fucking goombas over on wall street <laughs> ah look at the look at these fucking toads Look at these fucking Koopas. All of it sounds just sounds like derogatory terms for italian people really. goombas not the yeah. goombas not the only one really uh canceled uh, the Mario Brothers, uh, fucking canceled for discrimination against Italians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, that's a gap. <laughs> Let's honestly, that's our that's that's our podcast. That that right yeah. there. Uh, <laughs> it is it is uh, the 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 best and only gaming podcast. Um, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you're a gamer, you you really do have no choice. Uh, listen to Agab or, or go to Gamer Jail. 
Um, yeah. Or you'll have to listen to some podcast like video games are the worst thing on earth that I'm also on, which is like, <laughs> it's not even about video games, obviously, because that's impossible if Agab's the only podcast about video games. So yeah, that was uh, video game that video games are the worst things on earth is a medical advice podcast. Yeah, again, uh, legally actionable. Yeah, they have a they're, they're, there's a do- there's a doctor. Um, yeah, Reese is a doctor. Re- Reese is Reese is an uh, an M- uh, an MD, a, a, a video game doctor, um, which yeah. just which is just medical video medicinal video games. Me- yeah, like Doctor Mario. It's medicinal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we uh, we have we have performed the necessary incantations and rites to to summon the gamers to the HV crypt today. Uh, because I have a, just just to kind of start us start us off, um, uh, I I have a question for you both as 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 gamers, uh, which is, uh, what is Resident Evil? Dear listeners. During this recording, I claim to have not written a precy, but you know how I do. About a month ago, I had a cancer scare. I live in the United States. I don't have health insurance. There wasn't a lot of hope going around. I'm fine now. As it turns out, it was nothing to be concerned about. At least for now, it's just the strange, unknowable nature of the human body. But I didn't know that then, as I walked into the doctor's office. As far as I knew, I was walking to my death. It was a heavy walk marked by that driven reluctance we all encounter when all we have is pushing through, a march of necessity. I could feel my anxiety twisting in my stomach. I was preparing myself for thousands of dollars of tests and treatments. In the back of my head, a little voice was writing scripts I could recite to my mom if it turned out this was all too late. It was just after the crack of dawn, too early to call a friend, and to be honest, it wasn't a space I wanted to share. So I did the next best thing. I'm lucky to have so many friends who are artists, media critics, and journalists. One of those good friends is Labor Kyle. Like our protagonist in Resident Evil, I too was faced with the body horror of mutating DNA. And also like those characters, the only true way out of this crisis is to connect with the people I care about. I tuned into his latest project, a podcast called All Gamers Are Bastards and caught up with the latest episode while I walked and waited and filled out forms. Listening to that familiar voice, sharing that space with a mind I've come to respect and honestly to care for like family, I felt better. It didn't ease my tension, it didn't wash away my fears. What it did was put my life back into perspective. I thought to myself, if this is it, if this is the end, at least I've had this, shared this, Even after my headstone sinks into the sod of some potter's field, this will have all been worth it, and it would have been enough. Please enjoy this episode, and join us as we discuss the Resident Evil video game franchise. Well, first of all, I don't know who told you the incantations. Um, So I'm going to have to call HR. Uh, <laughs> just kidding, I would never call HR. Uh, well, I would say, and Kate, you can correct me as well, Resident Evil is, uh, Resident Evil is a, um, a, 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 a cultural outgrowth of the, uh, um, post-neoliberal uh, end of history through the modern neo-neoliberal end of end of history, um, a uh, a a born and dis- and put on display, pedestaled, platformed symptom uh, of just about not 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 just you know I would say the trajectory of contemporary capitalism over the past like 30 years, but um, as well, the sort of like the that the historicized understanding of the origins from within that same economic system. It's also a video game about zombies or infected 
people and you shoot them with guns and not guns sometimes and also not shooting as well. Okay, save me. Um, well, I think uh, Resident <laughs> Evil 3 specifically appears to be a game about why it was fine to drop two nukes on Japan. Yes. I think that's that's really the theme that it's going for. Blowing that's up cities one is fucking Evil, awesome. Yeah. And you yeah. should do it whenever you mm-hmm. get a chance. Because, like, cause like, who cares? You know, like, you know, who cares? Because, like, you know. They're just like, non-personified uh, others, right? You know, you know who doesn't care? All the people who got those bombs dropped on their head. Cause, yeah, boom. Know, like, no loses. <laughs> they're not, yeah, like they were like, they're like, there's like, dude, what are they gonna care about now? Yes, mm, yes. Yeah. If they if they didn't want to be bombed, they should have been um, not on the periphery, but in the metropole. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mistake, mistake. Um, Classic novice fuck up. To be honest, yeah, with you. F- for real. Some real like some real like D tier like gamer shit. Some real like fake gamer shit. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. That's what they are, right? Fake gamers. Let's, let's be frank. Let's let's stop beating around the bush here. They're fake gamers, and that's why yeah. it was okay to bomb them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Resident Evil. Resident Evil is, and uh, we talked about this on the uh, on the Agab uh, version of this incredible crossover. Um, Hell yeah. This this very this very sort of like Dragon Ball Z like fusion dance of of podcasting. It's just like that. It's pre- exactly one for one like that, and mm-hmm. if you disagree, uh, more jail. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It is. Resident Evil is so fun and interesting and weird in in as a series of video games and as films, as you've heard on this podcast, um, because it just it is it is it is saying all of the quiet parts loudly in its sort of idealized depiction of how the world works. And as uh, to reference the other episode a little bit, John uh, sort of in a phrase that I'm now forgetting because I thought of a different idea too quickly. Um, this sort of like very theological, cor- cor- corpo theology, the corpo theology of Resident Evil is sort of what really reigns in the series. How the like, there's the, there's the. It's this very like it's this very sort of like cosmic war between the functions of uh, like neoliberal Western imperial power um, that's softer and more embedded, but also like widens itself out like a web, and it it like extends itself like into like more firmly within the exteriors of its reach, a la sort of Hart and Negri's empire. Um, but in what, what's so like, this is what makes it, honestly, this is what makes the series good. It is, it is a just like patchwork quilt of like all of the wacky cultural stuff from the late nineties and the early aughts into the sort of like, like hyper-violent, like very cold, removed, and as a result, sometimes very silly, like post 9-11 like culture industry and now into this very sort of like distanced jaded almost as we talked about also on the other episode um like aggressive um and like like a dominant dominating force of its more recent titles just like you know like like here's your shit eat it like (laughs) (laughs) really quickly y'all can keep talking my dogs get the boohoos again i'm gonna go make them feel better oh okay yeah kyle's dog uh crucial sort of uh co-host uh key sort of player in all of the operations regarding the agab uh Mm -hmm. podcast um yeah, sorry, I just had my mic muted for a while because uh, my neighbor uh, decided it was time to go through their door several times, open and close. It's it, People will try to enter their residence. This it, is just... And, and then they leave. Don't, don't they see the podcasting and then, light? And then they yeah, enter. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> Put the when, podcasting, when the podcasting... on my door. When, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, you've the, when you've got the podcasting sock on the door, show a little bit of respect. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what I'm always saying. Thank you. See, <laughs> this is why I like you guys. You're cultured, you know? <laughs> you're, you're civilized. Yeah, you know, I, I, I see the sock on the door and it's like, ah, I'm something of a podcaster myself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's, that's how we identify each other. <laughs> how how deep, then deep podcaster power. Yeah. How then, Kay, would you would you describe Resident Evil as a as a gaming experience? Let me put it this way. If you took uh like a Romero zombie film and then especially I think as the series goes on, if you then had like Michael Bay direct it mm -hmm. and gave him way too much money, especially for like CGI and costumes and stuff, um, I think you'd pretty much have Resident Evil. Um, it, it, um, it has so much fun with itself while it's, it's, it's blowing shit up and making these big monsters and having these, these big set piece fights that it sometimes does feel like uh, it, it forgets about some of the more substantial ideas that you might try to read into it. Um, it's very Disney like that, right? It's, like, it's very if Disney. Disney could be as violent as it wanted to. Yeah, it's if, if Disney could just be R-rated and do whatever the fuck it wants, um, I think you'd get quite a lot of the uh, the Resident Evil experience out of that. Um, I don't know. It does feel a little mean to compare it to Disney because I do feel like these games, there's more substance to them than, than most of what Disney puts out. But Yeah, um, I it, rather than within the content of the games, more in the sort of like the like the way that they've come about um yeah it's just in just sort of like there's just a lot of money and a lot of irons in the fire that's why like because here's the thing some stuff that comes out of disney it's actually pretty good there's some indi there are some individual films that were written by people who made thoughtful scripts or mm -hmm. there is a good animation team or like and that's how resident evil is it's this but it like it functions as this patchwork of sort of like economic impulses alongside of its uh, cultural impulses, mm -hmm. um, I guess is, uh, what I'm saying, I'm saying you, you're, you're right. You're right. <laughs> That's right, and, Kyle. Uh, and I'm wrong. And I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big, dumb, stupid, uh, person, uh, who I forget what I'm supposed to say. Well, well Kyle right I now is her. really showing us uh, <laughs> what Resident Evil thinks of us as, <laughs> as people trying to analyze it. <laughs> this is how Resident. This is an example of how Resident Evil is trying to make you feel. Yeah. At any given time, you're just oh, a no, stupid I, little piggy. Play the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 kind of it's kind of weird to me though that like uh, thinking about the games, it's like I think you're right. From what I know of the earlier titles, especially especially four, is it's like it's a fun apocalypse. We <laughs> yeah yeah, and then and then um, I think my sense of the 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 two make the the two make and the the three make uh, and uh, seven is that everything tries to be a lot more serious all of a sudden. Yeah 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 like. Fun. First of all, fun apocalypse is kind of like a, a genius descriptor. Uh, I and I had not like it's it's the portmanteau that was just sitting there, and I was looking past the entire time. But I think that's very true about four, and I think that's true about the later games as well. Um, because a very simple illustration for it is the larger sort of function of comedy in culture has, like become basically just like political libido um comedy's dead is essentially like nothing's funny anyway Every, everything's either extremely self-serious it's or it's about like a, a like a millennial who is sad in brooklyn or <laughs> it's yep. saturday night live just like you know, or conservative com comedy donks it's just like mm. so the self-seriousness is you know a very matter of fact uh, sort of thing, I think. Hey, you had something? Um, I mean, when you were talking about how, like, the categories of media that can exist now, and you said the self-serious thing, I was just thinking about the, like, black and white um, stills from the fucking Snyder Cut that have been going around. <laughs> <laughs> just considering seppuku. 
<laughs> yeah, I've never been able to read a photograph's mind before. I know. Holy fuck. <laughs> Ooh. Um, True, truly the, the darkest thing to have been revealed recently was the Snyder Cut. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I am stoked to watch it, though, because oh Zack Snyder is is born of the abyss. <laughs> yeah, he's, so he's, the movie, yeah. it's it's going to fail on on every level and that is going to make it much more interesting than that kind of like middling Joss Whedon punch up that we got. I might make a video on it. That's just me just going, what the fuck for like half an hour. Uh, and that'll, that'll be the whole thing. It's better because he's beautiful. Go, it's better because he goes for it. And that's why resident evil is good too, because they, they, they go for it. And when you're not like afraid of the misses, like when you're willing to watch a quote unquote like you know it's a horror vanguard is a good place for it a quote unquote bad movie mm-hmm. and complicate that re functions very similarly to where the the weirdest shit is the stuff that makes oh such yeah an impression on you mm-hmm. i feel like resident evil that... is coming sorry go on oh i was i was gonna say like i think that resident evil 4 is is an interesting text right because all i, I was talking about this in the in part one of this episode on agab but um, all of the Resident Evil games are camp, right? There's giant sharks everywhere, giant alligators. It's it's very silly. And 4 is the first one to kind of become like... It's, it's self-aware camp. It knows how ridiculous the franchise is. And the stakes are weirdly low. Mm. You know, it's like, a, it's like a weird Spanish death cult that's trying to kidnap the president's daughter to turn her into a zombie to take over the United States. It's like it's like a convoluted spy who shagged me level plot, <laughs> and then and then like there's this like, and and for me that's like four is kind of the pure distilled essence of Resident Evil because it's the only one in in the series that goes oh yeah the premise of everything we've ever done is just absurd, mm-hmm. and then you go into five and five is just like this whiplash back into like weird political discourse and like. The game is just this, like, incredibly awkward meditation on colonialism. Mm. And I'm just like, can I have four back? <laughs> <laughs> I think that the, the the first indicator you run into with four that it's going to be that kind of game is the, the merchant dude. Like, you walk around oh, a corner yeah. at one point, and it's just, like, a dude in a trench coat. Like, hey, you want to buy some fucking bullets from my trench coat? It's like, oh, yep. this game is going to rule. Okay. Oh yeah, so we've got we got the fake Rolexes and we got and we got the bullets. We got oh we, we got, got the herbs as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. we yeah. got some herbs. Ah, yeah, uh, I see. He's this that is Spain, kinda. so there's a uh, there's a rosary. It's just like no. Oh my god, bye no. Added oh. added pup value. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, oh, if the dog god. agrees, then. Woo, 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 we must woo. be correct. Oh, see, that's analysis. the ultimate ultimate take level is getting the dog to agree. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. If, if Bino is with us, then who 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 shall be against us? I think that's what, <laughs> yeah. I think that's, precisely. I think that's what scripture says. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, gamer scripture, which is what we all follow. Gamer scripture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, something that I think is really interesting, um, and I haven't played. Um, five, six, and seven, but something in the rest I think is really interesting is how little interest I guess the series has in any curiosity about like um how it came to this. Like you know, we all know like yeah, okay, so Umbrella is just you know it's this terrible corporation that doesn't give a fuck and it just it does this stuff. But I think that beyond that, I feel like we never really get that much knowledge about this world other than like the factions that are currently uh you know central to the story like i feel like i know so little about what things were like in this world uh you you know even in like the the months before the the virus broke Mm -hmm. out you know it's it's super weird yeah so so the way that I kind of like have always thought about this weird kind of like dissonance inside of the Resident Evil lore is that like if you want to know who the president of some fictitious block state was and and how they bought and sold weapons with a, with one of Umbrella's splinter companies, all of that is thoroughly mapped out by the games like the political world is so fleshed out. Mm-hmm. But like 
people are are entirely disposable the world over like there's no like indication that bioweapons and and the presence of zombies has had any impact on human culture outside yeah. of you know like maybe two or three times a year a major city disappears overnight yeah yeah and no one cares <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think that's why i found myself um just in the past like 10 minutes invoking both Zack snyder and michael bay i just feel like those are such signifiers of their attitudes towards like large scale mm -hmm. disaster and, and and destruction it's just like normal people never heard of them they they, they don't matter they're no they're not, just not in the slightest yeah they don't matter we don't care about them i've said this i've said this repeatedly when we were looking at the the, the films but it's like i want to know what umbrella's recruitment process is yeah <laughs> like just just I just want to see, like, you know, the new university graduates going out into the workplace and being like, do you want to be, like, a faceless drone? Do you do you want to wear, like, all black and get murdered in 30 seconds? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that is the best that we can hope for. That's right. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, at, at a certain point, there's... Yeah, like, at, at a certain point, there's only, like, so many... Uh, uh, like, oh, you know, like th that that company did wipe out three countries and New York City with their horrifying uh, demon juice. But they do offer dental. <laughs> oh, shit. Dental? Yeah, yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Let's go. Let's do it. The, ch the, ex the exchange of cheap consumptive goods for the like, you know, suppre suppressing of the like inevitable anxieties that come with like extractive capitalism. This brings me to my main point uh my sort of uh sort of saeed adjacent reading of this cult of these cultural texts which is like like you get into the very basics of the history like within the lore of resident evil and it's literally just like it's just it's colonial extraction like the uh, initial virus being based off of a flower found in mm -hmm. the depth in the depths of ah the heart of darkness i mean africa <laughs> and you like like you they get that and then they bring it back and then they make a new virus and that new virus is called the neoliberal virus basically because <laughs> then they literally just make a corporation they get success in the united states through the early sort of like you know post-industrial boom and then they use that to flip into the like the process of deindustrialization where like healthcare industries like emerged in order to sort of like suck up the excess like product like 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 energy of production left over in deindustrialization and the like move away like the move toward like even cheaper even more automated goods and so it, it's just a net like Um, I'm I'm recording again, and Kyle, I'm gonna set you up, and you can kind of just pick it back up. Easy peasy. All right, so a uh, little technical problem there, but we're back, and uh, Kyle was uh, busy crafting what I could only describe as a perfect, brilliant, and beyond flaw <laughs> understanding of contemporary media that will no doubt not only change how we understand video games conceptually, but will ripple through society, ushering in uh, the age of Aquarius. I, True. Uh, um, I have received a very important phone call. My wife's doctor is <laughs> pregnant, and she <laughs> needs my help, and I have to go. Uh, uh, my my wife. My wife is a a, a, a man. Um. The uh, uh yeah basically also uh for i don't i i think he probably made an appearance on my last the last time that i flew solo on horror vanguard for those who haven't been acquainted with my dog that's him barking in the background i'm very sorry <laughs> he misses his other uh dad um no just to sum it up essentially what i was saying is that there is this like there are these sort of like historical gestures that are embedded within resident evil that are in in, in, that are symptomatic of the material constructions of it as a cultural text, but uh, it's also just sort of this like one for one like settler colonial story 
um, that very easily maps over the process of economic production as a uh, from extraction from the uh, um, uh, sort of uh, for developing countries from the uh, you know sort of the like a post like the early the colonial sort of like projects the softer colonial projects of the early modern period and then into mm-hmm. the you know period of high colonialism in Africa in the 19th yeah. century um, it's just like it's essentially this it's it's about it's about going and finding the mystical flower in Africa and using that as a weapon but then like you become a pharmaceutical corporation and then you become like a mega corporation to where you own all of these like basically like the process of production is all bound up and under the very very uh, uh cryptically named umbrella corporation um and it it it, it Resident Evil is this one for one map of the change in production over the 20th century, even in its own like sort of historical lore. And part of why it's able to function as such is something related to what Kay was talking about earlier. The idea that like, like Michael Bay, like, like uh, imagine Michael Bay, like directing a Resident Evil game is not a, it's not beyond imagination. And not only this, it's like, uh, like, I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to insult the petite, the liberal petite bourgeoisie too much because they're very active on Twitter. But uh, <laughs> to all culture writers on the east and west coasts, we don't need any more think pieces about these. You know, like like movies about mo- millennial alcoholics. Uh, like <laughs> or, like we don't need any more analysis of these things. You need to be talking about Michael Bay, but you need to actually mm-hmm. do fucking critique because i have read a lot of things about the call of duty series recently for a variety of different writing related reasons and if there's one thing that i can recognize from the sort of collective criticism of a video game that on our podcast we have banned um and yeah, it's we illegal. yeah it, it's illegal in our podcast and when after the revolution we will destroy and like, like we will wipe the like existence of Call of Duty off the earth. It's so bad, and the game and the reviews of it are like, the 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 shooting mechanics feel like good, and like pew, and like the story. Well, it's a little heavy handed. It's like the story is like the most like the, the story is the most right wing thing I have seen in a long time. To the point where like like John and I put on a whole seminar to traumatize like thirty people using like clips from this absolute nightmare of a text yeah but like re like to sum it up R re is very special uh, as a series because it had because of the amount of capital that it has in it because of the sort of nature of the camp horror aspects of it allow it to be more revealing in, in 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 its desires and in its functions than other texts it has less restraint Mm-hmm. And that lack of restraint not only means that it's just like it's just the best absolute madness to just kind of roll around <laughs> in, but like it fu- it functions so plainly as like the like material construction that came like that brought it into the world in the first place that it's necessary for people to be extracting like doing real like like aggressive like critique that's seeking to like do something further with a cultural critique in a hegelian sense almost i guess there's a there's an it it, like it imposes upon us this is what reality tv does too this is what cop procedurals do as well this is this is lot people should speak of the devil people should like people should play people Cultural critics should examine Resident Evil for the same reasons that they should be watching the television show Last Man Standing. Like, if you're going to poison your brain by uh, eating from the trash can of ideology 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Mm -hmm. and then, like, and in recognition of that, that's where the real brain poison comes in, then, like, you got to really go for the gold. 
And Resident Evil is an enjoyable way to do that. Mostly because these, like, colonial metaphors, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you might, like, you, like, you might as well have just called it, like, the, like, like, the West Umbrella Trading Company, which that's almost, <laughs> that, it had a name. I, the, the, the Wesker uh, group, or it had a, their old, like, for some reason in my head, it's just like a steamboat. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> That's because I have ADHD. Yeah, so that, that's going to be our inevitable. Oh, go on, go on. I was saying, if I could be a, a mainstream um, uh, uh, media critic for a moment, uh, you really feel like Spider-Man when you gun down the faceless masses who've been infected <laughs> by the the bad plant from Africa. You really, you really feel like. Uh, uh, Mario and Captain America uh, and all all of our friends these are my friends yeah they know and care for you personally and they're telling mm -hmm. you it's okay to kill them those are zombies they're not they, they don't have personhood yeah. anymore just just pull the trigger Leon so one thing that I did want to specifically touch on is uh, uh, Resident Evil 7 the Baker family mm-hmm I know that this is uh, this is something that you know John John recently started playing Seven uh, Kyle. We've talked about the Baker family before, uh -huh. um, so I think uh, I think that might be a good a good pivot point to talk about like some of the some of the weird things going on with the Bakers. Yeah, and I haven't played it, but I don't need to, baby. I know about the in-laws. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I've been out here, you know, rocking and rolling and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, start. where do you want to start, Ash? Oh, well, for, first, I think like I mean like uh, given given the the certain proclivities of our show, uh, maybe we should touch on kind of like the the class position of the Bakers within horror more broadly, right? Because they're mm -hmm. clearly a, a direct reference to like the uh, uh, degenerate hick stereotype. They're, they're like they're a hicksploitation character. Yeah, like they're they're very uh, the Sawyer family from Texas Chainsaw. They're very the Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, yeah. They're they're if you sucked all of the life and vibrancy and like aggression and transgression from Herschel Gordon Lewis. Um, mm -hmm. uh, like it really is this just like flat this is how I feel I have a lot of very uh, passionate uh, takes about um, exploitation in particular um, some of which I would like to uh, save maybe eventually for another episode of Horror Vanguard but uh, <laughs> as some of us have discussed in the past but, but what mostly like my take on it is that there it is so being someone who grew up in the southern part of the United States, and even more importantly than this, whose extended family has basically always been in the southern part of the United States until, like, even remotely, like the last generation or two, ever like everyone just like moved to one place and stayed there for a hundred years. That's basically what both sides of my family did. Uh, uh, it. There is when when you can see uh, exploitation or a repackaging of the tropes and stereotypes around uh, Southern working people in in the case of some of these is particularly Southern whites, um, but also other non-white groups in uh, uh, in the South, though to sort of like in varying contexts and to varying degrees uh, and in various places. But, you know, like, the tropes around the hayseed, basically. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. re and weaponize them within the context of um, a, a, a horror-based cultural text. So, you know. And what what this does, it, what's really fun about this and, like, uh, what, what, it, what, I re what I really have always enjoyed about the genre... Um, Sorry, I had to write one sentence down very quickly because I'm gonna forget it. And oh man, I'm so fucking good. Yeah, that yeah, is okay. okay. Yeah, let's do this, baby. Let's do this, baby. Um, so Herschel Gordon Lewis's best known film 
is uh, besides the fact that uh, I think Wizard of Gore got a mention in the movie Juno, so people have heard of that one. That one's really interesting. Uh, <laughs> is a, a film called Two Thousand Maniacs mm-hmm. that was released in mm-hmm. the middle of the nineteen sixties, nineteen sixty four, and where there it is, it is a spectacularized like gruesome like group like like it it is it is the 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 sort of it is the the potential contagion that the hayseed the collection of hayseeds the hayseed swarm if you will poses to the board liberal bourgeois sensibility that was growing in the 1950s and the 1960s and changing along these trajectories um in uh economic production um it, within the same trajectory of cultural subversion that resulted in things like in my opinion dadaism and the situationists uh explicit critiques in a repackaging of trope uh, a, a, a tropic metaphor of art um and capturing that in what ends up just being like what we call fucking we call it splatstick. My favorite subgenre of horror has always been, is, has, and probably always shall be splatstick, um, <laughs> because it encapsulates not not only have I just always liked it. I like comedy and I like horror, and so I, when I was younger, I saw Evil Dead Two, and my in the entire tra- I saw immediately saw the entire trajectory trajectory of my life change after I watched that fucking I'm like oh my fucking god I'm gonna watch this movie 700 times first of all and then, <laughs> and then I watched Army of Darkness and I'm like oh my fucking god yeah <laughs> but it, it, in general it what, what left such an impression on exploitation within the context of Herschel Gordon Lewis was that he was able to make me laugh so much he was able to he was able to capture the absolute over-the-top silliness of the broad brush that people paint for people uh, for people like me from the south I often get treated because I am uh, educ- well educated I often get treated as some kind of an exception to the rest of my family who many 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 of who came up during the dot-com boom of the 90s so who are all middle class now but none of it went to college and then before that generally like not like not like rural poverty definitely not but you know decidedly working class people i'm treated as some kind of an exception um because it's being measured against this absolute the absurdity of this of these stereotypes and these tropes and so turning that around and weaponizing that in the context of horror and using high camp and humor as a means for referencing these tropic elements is what makes exploitation so unbelievably interesting, powerful, and honestly fun to watch. And this is all just to say that Resident Evil 7 has none of this. <laughs> it has no soul. It has no sense of humor. It is, refer- it, it is, it is a simulacra. It it is mm-hmm. it is reference. It thinks it's referencing things, but it's referencing nothing. It's referencing a it's referencing a collection of symbols that, in and of themselves, only like reference other symbols. Ergo, it references everything and nothing all at the same time, and that negates all critique, all measure of like substance that comes from a genre that has a really really that movie that I just referenced again, nineteen sixty four. This stuff has been around for a long time, and it's been around in literature. And subversion of these tropes is like something that's very powerful, and that worked in terms of political organizing for like Southern people working in coalition with other like radical left groups and the new left in the United States aligning with themselves with the Black fucking Panthers. Like, give me a break. So, like, it's one of the most like neglected, powerful, subversive cultural like projects is the exploitation idea um and this re7 like re7 if i'm thinking about like the mechanics and the way it's constructed it's a it's a very well-funded ergo it's a well-made video game uh and then if i think about the story i'm like oh well it you know it just sort of like follows the trajectory of the other games and you know modern culture it's very self-serious uh it's it's just kind of bails you out at the end you know it's very sort of isolated yeah um but more <laughs> I then I get to the exploitation idea and then I boil with rage <laughs> and I'm like I 
fucking hate this. But I don't. To be honest, I don't fucking hate Resident Evil 7. But if we, but I just I take that very personally. So that's just me addressing the bias. I'm gonna shut up now. Do you, do you think that because it's it seems to to be such like a, a shallow I, I don't know if you'd say pastiche, but a shallow pastiche of of exploitation itself. Like, d- d- does it even have the capacity to really like be insulting? Like, does it know what the fuck it's talking about even to to be able to do that? Yeah, I think. Well. I, well, I mean, I think it's not it's not insidious in terms of it being insulting um, mm. because of exactly what you said, because it's so those ideas are so recycled and accepted as facts that they're accepted as tropes. But then in turn, when it, it, it's it, they've they've kind of sort of gone underground. It's, you know, the the way that we discuss those tropes tropes has changed the 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 exchange of words the vernacular you know people are a little maybe a little more sensitive to those ideas and just you know they've been disrupted a little bit but when it comes down to it there's a certain type of person who like who's gonna like there's just there there at the end of the day i knew that i was gonna get made fun of for my accent by a certain type of a person when they got mad at me um, and mm-hmm. they didn't have the they didn't have their capacity to follow social rules readily at hand, and this feels like an affirmation of that. Just kind of like what's really wrong with it is that like it, it, it is what it represents and how that sort of like, for lack of a better term, gone you know embedded itself or gone underground or become less explicit. Um, and 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 what makes that in and of itself sort of almost capitalistic um in its sort of like cultural affirmation of just like the don't worry about the economy attitude like it's just like yeah these are we're just we're just using the tropes so you know well yeah this is none of it matters this is the thing right so like obviously the big influence is is toby hooper obviously they they even do they do the dinner party scene don't they they do Mm -hmm. the dinner time and it's like of all of the directors who who uh made made slashes or any of the exploitation uh films that got kind of mainstream success in the 70s and 80s uh texas chainsaw massacre is intensely aware of issues of class of of geography of urbanization of deindustrialization of the enroaching tide of neoliberalism of all of the kind of loaded uh uh, uh kind of Inter interlocking discourses that actually make that confrontation between the family and and our uh, uh, victims like tense and exciting and loaded because it has it has meaning and significance and like I I swear to God I rolled my eyes like playing that bit where it's like oh come on because everything here is so hollow that it's it's just it's just paintings on a set that they're moving around it doesn't. You know, like uh, you, the protagonist in RE7 has has l- literally no subjectivity, uh, and therefore, uh, like th- there is no kind of tension. There's no there's no conflict because there's literally no characters to interact with one another, and uh, it's like it's such a wasted opportunity because I think you're right. There is something really dynamic about this that could return, especially now, right? Especially in late uh the late uh, 2010s uh and it's just just thrown away just thrown away it's it's a kind of a hollow parody without a punchline so i'm gonna savage that is that is that is love brutal. that um <laughs> but i think i think i am going to uh, uh lodge a dissenting opinion um in boo no go a on new, a nuanced dissenting opinion I'll, I'll uh, put it it. oh boo boo never mind oh blood 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 sport <laughs> i i think there's there, there's some interesting things going on with the bakers and i think it's it's a missed opportunity to dismiss it all as as just kind of like a shallow echo of this kind of uh you know 2000 maniacs uh kind of exploitation uh, which it is um, like that—that that is a key part of this. Is that those characters are like that—that that type of character. It's on the level of a Dracula, 
you know you, you can you can stick a dracula in a horror text and people are going to know what it is because we just know what draculas are now and and we could divorce it from kind of all of its mm-hmm. meaning but we almost but in a certain respect we can't yeah because draculas they got the big titties they're really tall yeah 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 oh oh we're yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're wait for it this this comes <laughs> full the way around to mommy oh, uh, uh, i knew it because it has to because it's me but (laughs) but no it's like the the first thing that i think is because like to tie this back into what kyle was saying about colonialism like uh appalachia and the american south they're extraction colonies within an extraction colony you know like these spaces were, were colonized initially you know by by the settler forces from europe and then colonized again by capitalism as these resources got stripped mined and these workers yeah, were forced into increasingly horrible situations. The the imperial power is mountaintop removal in that case, right? Like it's stri- yeah. and, you know, like basically bur- burrowing into a mountain and sucking out the shit on the inside. Yeah, and we, we see this we see this with the bakers, right? Because why are the bakers degenerate? You know, what what turns them into two thousand maniacs, cannibal, you know, Sawyer family hicks? It's it's because a, a secret corporate government weapon experiment uh, spilled in into the waterway, and then they they stumbled into it, and now it's destroyed their lives. Like this is a this is a story as old as industrialism, um, but like that. And I think I think there, there's something interesting going on here, right? Because we've got okay, so now we know why the bakers are the way they are, right? And we even get that scene at the end of seven where like they're all in like the psychic mold dimension. And the bakers are like, oh, no, we don't want to do this stuff. We're being possessed by this evil corporate weapon that's turning us into cannibals. Sorry, bud. But then, like, it, it makes me want to think back to 4. And in 4 is all about how Spanish monarchs are intrinsically evil. And, and they do this because their their class position makes them bad. And and I see this also with Mommy Dramescu in Resident Evil 8, right? Like, we're, we're back at the Echoes of 4 where we have, like... You know, like this this upper strata of of class, this bourgeoisie, this nobility. You know, like it's it's their class position that makes them wicked. They have to do the things that they do to sustain the class position. Whereas we get the the Baker family, and like it's almost like the the Baker family. I feel like are the first real characters in the Resident Evil series besides Claire, because they're the first people that are like they're they're not elite soldiers. They're not rescue team agents. They're not super scientists or bio engineered supermen. They're like a normal family who's gotten like the shortest short straw that has ever been drawn. And there's when I was playing through the game, there's something about that where it's like the the scripting of the game handles it really poorly, you know, and, it, and they brush it under the rug in that quick scene at the end where you're all in the mold together and sharing a psychic vision or whatever. And like they, they could have definitely handled it better throughout the story. I'm not saying it's like good. But, like, there is that seed that's been planted there, and I think we can kind of nurture it and, and tease it out. Boom. I think that's a great reading. I'm on Team Ashley now. Um, <laughs> Kyle and John are dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the mold. We live in the psychic uh, mold paradise together. I love the mold. It's so nice here. Everything is soft and fuzzy. It's- Perfect. <laughs> Wet and damp. <laughs> nice and damp, yeah. Well, uh, nice actually, I, I, think, I think this brings up another thing. There's actually one more thing that I wanted to, to talk about with the more contemporary games, which is remakes. I uh, mm, wanted to yeah. talk about, mm-hmm. about remakes. As if I, I, I actually think the reading that Kyle has been sort of unfolding on Agab and here um, is very compelling. This This idea of them as a kind of endless restaging of, of neoliberalism as a as an ouroboros of, of constant consumption and glorified corporate violence. Mm-hmm. Um I, I, I so I, I haven't I haven't played the remakes. Um but I just wanted to know what do you think about them in the context of this, you know, the the, the frantic stasis of capitalist realism. Yeah, it, it's hard to... I haven't played the originals of 2 and 3, but I have played the remakes. And I, I definitely think that... I think that it does sort of sort of feed into the, the, the web that Kyle has been weaving because you've got this situation where... <laughs> <laughs> um, where this thing has been revisited, but it's been sort of like revamped in this way. And I feel like 3 especially, it, 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 it taps into that sort of like... Uh, action movie-ish like Michael Bay feeling I think a lot more um, 
I think it really it just cranks up the radical dude and in, in, in a lot of the scenes <laughs> and stuff in a really big way. It is way. on a skateboard. Yeah, yeah, it's on a skateboard. It's got like a backwards fucking hat on. It's, it's wearing sunglasses. It's maybe playing a little, a little sick little riff Sparks, on an electric guitar. Spark Simpson. It's just yeah. Spark Simpson. The guitar's not plugged in, but it sounds like it is. You know, it's, it's that kind of situation. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. And I'm feeling this. Uh, and I'm, I'm almost almost getting hints of this in the new game it's so hard to say because we've just looked at trailers um but i i suspect it's going to follow this tendency um that i think the series trajectory has been on in general for the most part of just becoming like bigger and more radical and kaboom and and it does just feel like that that increased spectacle and that 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 sort of shying away from from the substance that I think is at the core of all of these games into this just big slop trough where they're just dumping um, nemesis blowing up cars and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, my my big suspicion with eight is that it's going to be a pretty faithful remake of four. You know, we've got we've got the same setup where we're somewhere in Europe. We've got this monarchy. You know, we've got their weirdo castle. Like it, it feels like it's going to follow those beats pretty closely. Yeah, it, mm. there's like well, it, I feel like it's almost an inevitability in a way because this cultural space that's like this is it, like Resident Evil is its own sort of like micro cultural abyss within the larger cultural abyss. And what's so interesting about you know staring right into that motherfucker. Uh, for a long time is that as as you sort of as you're able as your as your sort of focus is able to you know compound and narrow on the more finer and finer points of these various sort of like like vacuums of energy created by culture that just kind of like suck everything in into it is that it it it, it works back outside um there's this sort of like there's this sort of like conception of how we see the world and then there's the uh, there's then there's that world's conceptions in its exterior and then there's real outsideness i think about these uh um uh <laughs> god this this is i guess this is why i have me on these shows there's these <laughs> there's these old old uh like from antiquity sketches of people sort of imagining like the descriptions in the Hebrew Bible and in sort of like the Christian canon of like the functions of the world. And it had like, I saw it when I was an undergrad and I was taking religion classes, uh, this sort of like, just kind of like hatches that kind of spat out the elements. And then like, there was this, like everything was kind of like, like, like uh circular um it was like a dome and then on that outsideness was sort of like the heavenly plane there was like there was the heavens and the earth um and there was sort of like the space between and uh it's this very sort of like fundamental clear like capturing of how the world works in this very sort of like mechanical way that's so like now we look at it and we say, oh, that seems silly, but it's also so good that it's like almost too good to have been something that someone just purely thought about. It's just like, yeah, there's hatch and then it just goes out. It's like, yeah, this makes this makes sense. It has, an, a, what I'm trying to say is it has a logic to it. But then what's the problem with the cultural imagination, especially in our contemporary moment, is that it's like, it's like, it's it, there's a vice grip on the pipeline that you know gets us to a place to where we can start imagining greater things than sort of the shit that's slopped in front of us and this outside place um often is like it's difficult to capture it and this is all just to say that uh it, it's not in a like literal defense of remakes but what i actually think remakes you know because there's plenty remakes are cash grabs we know this and we're all suckers this is video games it's called all gamers are bastards not all gamers are pretty good people like we're <laughs> we are all sinners like it's we are a uh an a, a calvinist um a pre-millennialist <laughs> podcast sinners in the hands John. of an angry game dev yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yes, yes, uh, yes. Shout outs, uh, shout outs to my homie. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like, there, there is this like. I guess what I'm trying to say is that there is this like very large value in like interrogating the remakes for like how they they're how they're how they're symptomatic of these of this imagination that sees a world to where like the rain comes through these little shoots in the sky and we can't imagine outside of that that's just there's the heavens and then there's the earth nothing else in between or inside or around or through or you know nothing that we're moving through just these abstract up and ups and downs and that sort of a thing and that's fucking bullshit and but in part of the only way that we're able to see that is through saying like like what is this remake trying to tell me about like our ability to make things in our contemporary moment in spite of all of the like the incredible wealth and like technological progress that le- that's happening at light speed around us not just for the past you know however many years but you know the past couple of centuries uh like how despite all of this are you know people still hungry um is revealed in texts like this um and is revealed in the sort of concept and function of the remake and is revealed in uh a form of critique that does what uh ash did just a little bit ago i actually agree with ash's critique um his sort of like that i don't i wouldn't even consider it like a, a full counterpoint to what John and I were saying. I would say it's it was Ash peeled back the layer that we were, you know, describing and showed on the interiors how, yes, in an affirmation, in in a cynical affirmation of these of these tropics, the RE seven is like, uh, is is can be can be shitty. But how in and how this affirmation in and of itself poses a chance to construct the enemy um, and then deconstruct it as it's to to bring value to the cynicism that comes from you know a world that you know got rid of you know like shit that's funny and interesting and you know compelling that was like exploitation. Like, like we can't have that stuff anymore um, because there's just the, it, the, there's no environment that can constitute and create Herschel Gordon Lewis again. He's very you know special in, of his time and his place, but I digress. The, 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 the basic idea is that like no matter like like we should look at these big texts and we should look at it in that way, not only for how they're sort of like cynical affirmations of how like dark and dreary our society can be but but how when we demystify these aspects we can use them as a means for you know not just interrogating our world but eventually like tearing them up hopefully tearing them up and laughing in the faces of our enemy and saying this is a joke uh and then uh scaring them back so to speak so uh yeah that's that's my uh that's my treatise on uh resident evil as a revolutionary text um, I think I think this is this is a beautiful way to end the episode. <laughs> yeah, we're getting up on an hour, and like I couldn't have asked for like a better outgoing monologue than that. <laughs> Out of breath. <laughs> as Sorry. as well you should be. That was like a workout. That was good. Thank you so much for playing my game.